0: Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another episode of the Romans Empire podcast. My name is Zach, and as always, I am joined by my two co hosts, but I did not forget the punchline this time. Yeah, you did. All we do is talk Chelsea and talk (laughs) shit about everyone else. There it is. Boys, 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 we can't talk shit about Timo Werner anymore.
1: Yeah, and now that we're back in the top four, we have even more right to talk shit about everyone else. So there we you know, go like before like before we were lacking legitimacy but now it's like you know you can I, our words have some have some credence in it you know I think before there wasn't too many
0: of everyone else and now that we've climbed up the table there's there's a significant amount of everyone else now Does that make sense
1: Exactly no. I get, oh, about I, I talk get it.
0: Shit. Yes, I, think I get it. Yeah, we were only allowed to it's... talk shit to 10 other teams
1: 3 weeks ago. Now we can to talk shit to 16. Uh yeah, or 15, mind you, yeah. Just like looking back, I think ever since that Arsenal lost, lost like we had a huge downward spiral and then like to see where we're at now. <laughs> like after that game, like we had no right to talk shit about anyone. You know, like, that was, like, we were we were the butt of every joke. And now, thanks to Tuchel, and thanks to, you know, exceptional play from the rest of the squad, we're back in the top four. Oh, and also thanks to Liverpool absolutely shitting the bed the past couple of weeks. So, um, that you can't, we can't neglect that. That's uh, definitely a huge factor of why we're in back in the top four. But I think now the 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 goal is to keep it it's going to it's you know it's not like we already have it and it's set and secure like you know we still have a long season to play um how many matches do we have left i uh, we have we've played 24 so we have 14, 14. yeah so you know it's quick pass. <laughs> yeah nice both of us um so you know i'm 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 excited to see what Tuchel does so let, let, let's jump into this Newcastle match because I think this was probably been our most convincing win uh, under Tuchel so far. Uh, so Chelsea win two nil, but um, you know, let's let's go through the starting lineup. And uh, the first obviously shocking part was Kepa back in goal again for a second uh, straight match after keeping a clean sheet uh, in the FA Cup matchup. But um, you know, it was still. Some it was definitely the one that stood out, especially since it's the first name on the team sheet. But uh the same back three that we've been seeing, Dave Christensen, Rudiger, uh, Cho and Alonzo as the wing backs, uh, jovicic and then the front three. We had Mount and Werner out wide, Tammy a striker. Um, unfortunately, Tammy uh had to come off pretty early in the in the match, so because of that injury, so we gotta see a uh, a good match out of Giroud, actually. Um, his first his first goal under Tuchel and the f- first time he looked really good. Um, so, let, let's first start off. First
2: striker to score under Tuchel in 2021.
1: Oh, wow. That's that's so true. Oh, under, in 2021. For Chelsea.
2: For Chelsea. Just for yeah. Chelsea. Sorry. Yeah. Chelsea.
1: Right, right, right. yeah I, I figured that's what you and, meant. I not guess the Tuchel. first. <laughs> yeah. But, no. But, what? Tammy scored a, a goal for him? Or in the in the Premier League right not in the pre wow that's that's a, quite the qualified stat you have to say <laughs> under tuchel in 2021 in the premier league <laughs> no, hey,
2: actually, I'll, I'll, actually the I'll give first... him credit yeah whatever <laughs> go
1: ahead wait, wait, wait no what are you gonna say
2: i i'm pretty sure he's the first striker period maybe i don't know it doesn't matter you saw the that on twitter
1: somewhere striker and it's yeah I, I... <laughs> and uh well let's start off with kepa actually um We got a a question from uh, our homeboy, Kyrgios, from, uh, shout out to Latvia, a.k.a. Latavia. Um, He says, what did Mendy do to deserve getting benched? Why won't Marina and Bruce simply coach the team themselves? I'm fuming. So we sacked managers for their mistakes while forcing them to play the mistakes that we signed. Um, You know, I get it. Kyrgios, I'm not... I'm not happy about Kepa starting, but I think you may have uh, misconstrued uh, the reason why he played. So post-match, Tuchel clarified that Mendy is still the number one keeper and, you know, just getting some rest. But um, Andreas, I'll start off with you. How surprised were you when you saw Kepa in the team sheet?
2: On a scale of 1 to 10, I'd say probably 7. I I mean, yes, he played well in the FA Cup match, but it's a different monster in terms of the Premier League. Uh, I, I was surprised. I thought, okay, Tuchel did say that every player has a clean slate and blah, blah, blah. So I can sort of debate with myself as to why he did get the start. But you, it's it's not common that you see your backup, who is your cup keeper, just randomly started a Premier League match. Usually you, you play him in the cup to rest the starters and, and bring them back in. So it was a bit shocking. And, and to Kirill's point, you would think Marina is is definitely pushing for Kepa to get more minutes, not because is going to become our starter again, but simply because if he K-chick. plays and he plays well, exactly, the dollar bills on that price tag go up. And we can recuperate as much money from the 70 million we initially spent on him uh as possible, and compared to him not playing, besides playing, you know, lower league sides. So I get it. I thought it was odd, but it was nice to hear Tuchel clarify post-match that Mendy is still number one and that he was just giving him a break.
0: It was that that's the thing. The fact that Tuchel said right after the match don't worry. Mendy's still the number one. We were just giving, he mentioned like a mental rest, which I think is hilarious. Um, And I don't think Tuchel necessarily like makes a lot of excuses. I I think he's pretty honest, but I think that the point he was more so making was uh, a a message to the board and kind of saying, I still have my guy like, like this doesn't change anything. Um, And, and also what it does is, you know, when a new manager comes in, obviously the first thing you want to do is boost morale. Um, and I think Tuchel's done a really good job of that so far. And, and I think with Keppa, you're seeing it um, come to fruition on the pitch. Um, he didn't necessarily have too much to do in the game, but when he was called upon, he made the saves. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess that's a positive. Andres, to your point, I definitely think it's a matter of the club trying to get, you know, to recoup some of that fee. Um, we've lo- I think we lost at least half, um, if not more. And I think that's being a little generous um, on on his $70 million. So anything we could recoup on that is going to be a bonus for us. Um, but, yeah, I mean, to, to Kirill's point, I, I guess what I want to say is I'm not shocked. Um, I was probably at about a five when I saw the team sheet. Um, I, I had a feeling Tuchel was going to pull something. I just didn't know what. And Kepa, the Kepa selection was it, so... Um, I guess that's why I wasn't too surprised. It's just, it's nice to see the manager come in and kind of give everybody a fair shot and say, Hey, look, every single spot on the roster is still going to be up for grabs and everybody's still going to get their chance. Just be patient. Um, Because I think the one thing that's important to remember here is, you know, the six or seven new signings this year aside, um, the team was never cohesive, uh, you know, from November on. So, that's what Tuchel has to get down first. So I think, you know, him giving playing time to everybody, boosting morale, that's the first step. Now he got Werner scoring, which we'll get to in a little bit, but um yeah, no, it's I'm going to be sad if I see Keppa again in the Premier League, I'm not going to lie, but um but yeah. It, it was it was definitely refreshing to hear him uh, mention that Mendy's still the number 1 because all match long we're sitting there wondering for the whole 90 minutes. You know, it, is Kepa playing well enough to play again? That's the, that's all I could focus mm-hmm. on, uh, more so than the match. <laughs> Especially in the second to half chal- when it got boring.
1: Yeah, like, not not just to play again, because, Zach, I hate to break it to you, but we will see Kepa play probably another match uh, in yeah. the Premier League. But <laughs> the question that came up in my head is, is he going to challenge Mendy for the number one spot? Because <laughs> two clean sheets, come on, man. He, he, dude, he had some big-time saves, and... I, I mean, don't know dude, if they were I'm big not... time. I I I, I think I, I think he made. I think he saved big time everything.
0: Yeah, for him. He yeah, saved for him everything he by should've. his
1: standards, for sure. He yeah, saved, I mean, that, he uh, saved everything he should. And that's all we've asked him. That's what, that's what yeah. we've asked of him, and he has to be able to <laughs> perform. So now that he's finally performing, you got to give him credit, Zach. Of doing the that bare Shelby minimum. free <laughs> kick, the Shelby free <laughs> kick in the
0: second hey. half was way.
1: It was way easier to save than the Luton cross, right? Yeah, but if Keppa didn't get his <laughs> hand on it. <laughs> But if Keppa didn't get his hand on it, that's a goal. It doesn't go in. That's a goal. No, if if oh, uh, oh but... you're talking about Shelby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not the Luton goal, but um, <laughs> that we don't need to talk about. Um, but but before we uh, jump into the actual match and the players that did play, just uh, got another question regarding uh the players that we didn't see uh start or play. Um, and this question's from Ron, AKA Bone Daddy Cool, AKA Bone Daddy Deluxe, AKA Bone Daddy Supreme. He asks, another game where Pulisic, Ziyech, Chili, Zuma, and Kai were non-existent. Uh, should we start to worry about them? Um, so, you know, this, this is also coming off of the report from Simon Johnson last week that (laughs) Ziyech is unhappy with his playing time. Uh. And I mean, it was, it was a, it was a pretty strongly worded report that you know he, it's it's maybe it's time to start worrying whether he wants out because he was at a great situation at Ajax. I mean, looking back now, it probably he's probably at a better situation now, but at least he got consistent playing time and you know like I, I don't know it, he, he, he just had such a great start. In the beginning of the season, like in the in that preseason match, and like we didn't see him for a while, and then two assists came... too. I think in his yeah. first league start, I can't remember against two. Mm-hmm. And but so, he had a man of the match performance, yeah. So I, I it's I don't know what to uh, blame for his, you know, lack of playing time, uh, but also I mean obviously he hasn't been performing well his last couple outings, so that is a contributing factor, but I don't know, it just doesn't make sense to me. Uh and then plus the rest rest of the guys, Zach, uh, what what did you think about the exclusions and maybe specifically Ziesh? <clears throat> um <sighs> Ziy is a tough one.
0: Uh he should be unhappy about his playing time. Um and he should be a little bit concerned because I think out of all the signings um, that we made this summer, I think Chilwell and Ziyech were the ones that Lamps probably co-signed more than, more than the others. So, you know, a, a manager that you're in favor with obviously struggled with injuries. You didn't really get into the squad. And now, finally, when you're healthy, that manager gets sacked and, and you're not really looking at any playing time. The thing with Ziyech... Um, that I worry is if he necessarily fits Tuchel's style of play. Tuchel likes to have quick technical players, and Xhaka is as technical as they get. Um, but in terms of the uh, of the quickness um, and, and and the fluidity of the front three that we like to play with, I don't necessarily know that he's as good of a fit um, as you know all of our other options there. Now, Tuchel said after the match that. Uh, that he you know primarily sees Werner playing off the left of a striker so now all of a sudden you have Ziyech Pulisic Cho Mason Mount and Timo Werner all fighting for two places um, which could make things really difficult so and and to be honest I think the only place that Ziyech could really fit um, would probably probably be on that right on the right of the of, of the striker but Mason Mount's playing so well. You kind of you can't drop the guy. So we really haven't seen a fair share of him. Yes, we saw him in the cup match and he didn't look good at all, but listen, the pitch was shit. Nobody played well that game. We didn't see enough of him under Tuchel for us to make a decision yet. And and and, and me some I know you'll agree with me. I think Ziyech has way too much talent for us to not find some sort of use for him mm-hmm. in the team. Like, there is no way he can't contribute with goals and assists. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I guess that was probably the most surprising one for me. I think Zuma still might get his chance.
1: Wait, before uh, you but... go on, Zach, I oh, just, yeah, want to say, just want to like, comment on something that you said and uh, something I hadn't thought about. So that's why I'm saying it. Like, uh, the way you said how Tuchel prefers players who are quick and like, you know, as far as like decision making, like you get the ball and you make a pass like – you know, when I envision like Zies playing, he you know gets collects the ball, like stops, like looks around, and then tries to you know pick pick out a pass. It's not really like those quick one-two passes. That's not really his play style. So I, I you think know, it's I think a space that's right.
0: spaces. I think it's the spaces that he occupies more so than anything, and then, and then you
1: kind of combine
0: that with his physical abilities, right? Like. He's he, he he's long and lanky, he's not very strong and he's not the quickest. But so I, then I, why
2: the hell Jorginho
1: starts if that's the argument? It, it,
0: no, no, no um. I'm saying in a front in a front 3 Andres, in a front 3 specifically. Even even Mason Mount, even Mason Mount looks a little more agile than Ziyech does. But but besides I
2: think it's more of what Sam is saying. I think it's quickness and thought because mm. the way the way you look at Ziyech is like Fabregas. The guy is like scanning the field to then thread the needle while like some alluded to yes we're supposed to be keeping the ball moving until something happens we we're not dissecting what's on the pitch so I'm I'm with Sam here I don't think it's about his athletic ability I think it's the fact that he takes six touches in the final third
0: yeah I'm not saying that's the only reason I think I think I think the the spaces he occupies too kind of tie in with your reasoning where where he's he, he his inclination is to receive the ball and pick his head up and look for and look for a long ball that's option number one and usually to do that he has to drop into the midfield and that takes away a player well, that's, in the attacking areas. If you
2: i think it, it if that's again sorry to keep playing devil's advocate but he drifts inside already when he was playing as a true winger so a wide yeah. 10 is perfect for him exactly.
0: it's yeah just, it is
2: again it's just a matter of him changing his play style and i think that's it like i That was my biggest criticism of Willian under multiple managers is that the guy did whatever the hell he wanted. If Ziyech is not going to adapt, he's going to have a tough time. As long as Tuchel continues to deploy a back three, which seems like the way to go this season because he hasn't had the time or the luxury because we've played twice a week every week since he arrived to coach up a back four, we're not going to see some of these players on the pitch. It's that simple.
0: See the issue is if you replace Ziesch with Mason Mount, then you're putting Ziesch in front of Jorginho. Now Jorginho is getting absolutely no protection whatsoever. Because because well, I, I we have a back I three haven't...
2: four again. Yeah, I, I think yeah. that, that it's it's a matter of we don't have a back four coach tub. Ziesch, what for whatever reason is not getting the minutes because of fit of style, but everyone else that's listed I think will eventually get their shot. I think Polisic falls under the same issue as Ziyech uh, in terms of like you said, there's only one spot available right now. And if and if Werner, who we'll touch on later, continues playing well, then for sure only one spot. And that spot's filled by Mount, who is also playing well. So Polisic and Ziyech in the list that Ron mentioned are probably the ones that are in most trouble based on the formation. I think Kai is just not there because of whatever the heck happened to him. And and Zuma had played one match and it was the Barnsley match where nobody looked good. I thought he looked fine. But yeah, I think he fine. just needs to continue to prove uh Tuchel that he can do it in a back three.
0: I still think Zuma's our I still think Zuma's our second best center back. I I I I'm still not convinced that Rudiger or Christensen is any better than Zuma, granted they've been playing well. Agreed but but so I, I think
2: and I, and, Chil- and I fully expect Chilwell to change his perspective on playing left wing back. Uh, Alonso has his faults. We all know it. And That's Chilwell the at the beginning of the season had crosses uh, that yeah. went in for assists, he scored himself. So I still have faith in Chilwell to eventually overpass Alonso, but yeah, Pulisic and Ziyech they should be worried and whatever they're doing in training is not cutting it.
0: Well, with Pulisic, I know that that Tuchel said, you know, Tuko acknowledged that he left them out of that team and said he probably should have played, and he knows yeah, well, that, and I know Tammy that, injury. and I just can't put everyone. Tammy on. injury. Yeah, That's, that yeah. That's the
2: other thing. We had to use a sub on Tammy, which we probably would probably have slid Burner into the middle after mm-hmm. we got the lead, and mm-hmm. played Pulisic or maybe even ish. So it's yeah, it's, it's we have to note that too. It's. Hindsight, twenty twenty, the the Tammy injury probably altered the subs because even though Giroud scored today, I still don't think he's very high on the priority list.
0: No, no, and, and I think you had a good point. I think I think Werner would have played up top for sure, um, and and we would have seen another winger come on. Especially because we, I mean, this game was this game was over at halftime, and Newcastle looked lifeless when they came out in the second half, and then we kind of backed off a little bit but Stopped. the point Damn. is the game was over and I think this would have been the perfect opportunity for Tuchel to be like hey Timo let's see how you do up top alone you know mm-hmm. Um but yeah. I think out of this list Andres I, I know you said that he's going to figure it out and I think he will too um, it is it, Ben Chilwell um, I think the important thing that um, doesn't get mentioned a lot is You know, as much as Alonso does have his faults, um, the relationship he's forming with Werner right now and the minutes he's getting with Werner are really important. And those are minutes that are being taken away from Chilwell that he could be forming with Timo. Um, Like, granted, I know they have some sort of relationship because they played on the same wing um, in a back four, but in a back three, it's a little different, obviously. So that's something to keep an eye on. I think Chilwell is going to be the number one choice eventually. But if Tuchel keeps winning games there's really no reason to drop Alonso and 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 my fear is if we if, if we pick up another two or three more wins on the spin or we go unbeaten for another two or three more matches Alonso just might be the outright first choice like I won't be surprised to see Alonso play at Atletico at all um, over Chilwell I, I'm not expecting Chilwell to even start that game um, I mean, if, if, we, ever play, I've if, seen so if
1: we ever play four at the back, it that's 100% Four at the chill back, well. it's Chilbo.
0: Well. Yeah, 100%. No, I'm talking three at the back. Right. Yeah. I mean, three at the, the back specifically.
1: And we all know that Tuchel is the kind of ma- manager who isn't just married to a formation and he changes it a bunch. But I feel like just because he came in so late in the season and how few matches left we have, like, you know, before I was, you know... Uh, in the camp of we'll, we'll see the four, four, two, I'm sorry, the four, three, three, a little bit more, just more four at the back formations. And now uh, after, you know, a couple matches, I'm thinking this is probably what we're going to be seeing uh, for majority, if not all of the matches going, uh, going on this season. Right. I mean, like, so I do worry about Chilwell's play play time because I don't know getting accustomed to that position uh when like you said like when alonzo is like playing as well as he is uh it might not look too good for him for the rest of the season which worries me a little bit but um we'll see uh he we he did experiment too cool did experiment with uh, uh four in the back when uh, uh in the fa cup matchup in the second half, but also I think a lot of it has to do with Zuma. I mean sorry, uh Tiago Silva not being there, which uh you know you, you think are the best back four, uh the best center back pairing for a back four would be Zuma and Tiago Silva. So, you know, that that's probably one of the reasons why we're not seeing Zuma as often. But um the the last name that we mentioned on this, and then we'll get into the match, was Kai Havertz and andreas uh i know you tweeted about this and i saw this earlier but you know with tammy being out uh you know do you think that this could be a uh, an opportunity to see some kai havertz at striker
2: definitely i mean first off we need to get him healthy and practicing whatever the heck is keeping him off the pitch we need to get that situated but havertz would be perfect for this role. He can drift slightly wide. He moves the ball quickly. He's got a good finish in him. And he's got a good final pass in him. So even if it's not him scoring, he can facilitate Mount and and Werner. We've seen his connection with Werner already. Yeah, I mean, I think the guy would be perfect for the role. In my perfect Chelsea 11 in a 3-5-2 under Tuchel, or a 3-5, what is it? No, it's a 3-4-2-1 under Tuchel. He is my center forward, uh, so yeah, I I want to see it. I think he's he can kind of dive in into the midfield as a false nine. I think he can even make the runs in it behind. He's physically a big guy, so if we can get him to stop thinking this is the Bundesliga, that role could be all his.
0: I like the sound of that. I'll tell like you that, Zach? I, I like that. I like the sound of that, but but I also think that that. Um, He'd be suited as one of those inside tens too, um, or floating tens, as, as they call it. It's I, the thing is, when Tuco got hired, it's clear that that the first thing he had to do, besides boosting that morale, was I got to get Timo, I got to get Timo and Kai going. Like we spent way too much money for those guys to be flops. So we got Timo going, and he put together a system and a style of play to 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 kind of you know put him in positions there on the show and, and and he's doing a great job at that. I think this formation too fits Kai as well. Um I don't necessarily think we're gonna be seeing four at the back as soon as we all think um just because of how well Kai works with this. He can either play in the middle or, or as that as that floating ten roll and he would be ideal for both. I really can't think of any major flaw in him playing either position or, ma- or major gripe, I guess I should say, with him playing either position. And I think the beauty of having him um, would mean that you could probably fit another winger on the pitch, um, a guy like Pulisic or Ziyech, who could come in and just give you that extra bit of creativity. And now all of a sudden you have two elite creators, um, you know, playing with playing with Timo, who's, who's going to be making runs in behind. I don't know, man. I, I, I'm licking my chops at the thought of this. But the thing is, the kid has to get healthy first, mm-hmm. um, and 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 also he hasn't played in forever. So I'm not expecting him to come into the team right away and just start banging into goals. But um, I do expect him to start playing immediately once he's available, um, just because you know Tuchel has been so eager to have a look at him. Um, you know, obviously there's that German connection and and the fact that we spent, you know, what, $70 million on him over the summer, um, you know, we kind of can't afford to have another flop like that. So.
2: And, and if $70 million is spent, you know, the board's going to make you play them. So. <laughs> oh, hell, oh,
0: we didn't even mention that. Yeah, he's going to get playing time for sure. He's going to get league starts um, probably over, you know, other players that deserve it even when he doesn't. That just seems to be a Chelsea thing, doesn't it?
1: yeah and and it looks like kai is like has about a 25 percent chance of uh returning this upcoming match so um i mean it probably won't be in the start he could make an appearance but um it's 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 not looking too good and we're still waiting to hear back on the um, severity of tammy's injury so we don't even know how long that he'll be out for so um, that's something to keep an eye on so those it's are always, always tricky, though, the ankles. I know the mm-hmm. ankles, they don't really know For the real Achilles, severity. It might
2: have been his Achilles. I, I he don't rolled think... It pretty, he, he fell completely under LaSalle's body, so...
1: yeah, but He probably wouldn't have been able to but, continue at all if it was actually Yeah, Achilles but he thing. was still walking on it. when he. I mean, I
0: only possible, partially though. tore my Achilles, and, and, and my calf damn near rolled up the back of my leg. I, I couldn't flex my leg. Like, it just got stiff and stuck in that position. So, I don't know. When did you tear your Achilles? I don't
1: remember this. High school. Remember my walking boot? It was oh, a partial tear. Oh, partial tear. right. It right, doesn't, yeah. Count. It was,
0: doesn't, I mean, <laughs> it, just it, kidding. It, it, it doesn't, it was count. almost, it almost would have been better. It almost would have been better if you tear it completely. Because when I went to the doctor, they, they told me, they're like, if it was torn completely, we could do surgery. But now you're stuck in a cast for four months and you can't do anything.
1: So <laughs> Zach trying I mean, to uh, make himself look like an expert and he never even to- fully tore his Achilles. Uh, <laughs> all right. but right. We're 20, 28 minutes now into the pod and let's let's now actually start talk talking about the match a little bit later than usual but you know right off the bat the team was bringing a lot of high energy into the match you know along with the usual possession we've come to expect under Tuchel. um we had a really nice chance early on from marcus alonso um it was at the keeper you know could have potentially won between his legs but you know good save by him Um and you know a couple other chances. Then in the 18th minute, Tammy was taken down. Uh, by how do you pronounce his name? Lascelles. Lascelles. Lascelles inside the box. Um, first of all, uh, you know, I'll make I'll note that the commentators were arguing that Tammy was shielding the ball, and that's probably the reason why it wasn't called. So, uh, you know, to make things worse, Tammy came off injured Im- immediately after. Uh, he tried to play it off, but, you know, everyone watching could tell that he was going to come off the pitch. So uh, I'll start off with you, Zach. Uh, was it a penalty, first of all? And uh, do what what the commentators say even matter <laughs> at all? Yeah, to... it is a penalty. It's yeah. a
0: penalty every single day of the week. Yeah. If, that, if, if that tackle happens at – it, 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 at, at the at the halfway line, it's a yellow card, any day of the week. Good point. I I, I I was kind of I was kind of baffled that that it didn't even get reviewed, and it didn't seem like it was reviewed. Normally, um, normally we get the camera angle of like you know the big screen saying that that you know VAR's checking the goal, and you'll see the ref stand at the center of the pitch with his hand on his ear, trying to listen to what you know whatever the jackass over the microphone saying. We didn't get any of that. It, it, it felt like this referee was so confident that this was not a penalty, that this officiating crew was so confident it wasn't a penalty. That we're just not going to give it. We're not going to look at it. Not a big deal. Don't worry about it. Um, I don't see any way how that's not a penalty. And, and, and to the commentators, uh, whether he's shielding the ball or not, it doesn't matter. Tammy gets studs to ankles before we see LaSalle's foot hit the ball what else do you need by definition that's a foul <laughs> I, I i don't understand
1: i really yeah, it's don't like, it's and, like and, the and, fact that he made contact with the ball means that all the previous contact is justified because he his toe you know hit the, hit the edge of the ball like i don't agree with that and I, it's your it's just point... a
0: shame because he's playing well too tammy like like you i really felt like the start of this game was you know i, I texted it in a group chat too after we scored the first goal i'm like uh oh like goal fest incoming like granted tammy wasn't on the pitch yet but i had that feeling from the beginning you know i i knew we were going to do well and tammy started the game out on such a positive note it was combining with timo he was dropping off into space holding up the ball he got into dangerous positions twice he actually got kicked in the ankle twice too
1: We're um, we're talking about whether it should have been a penalty or not whether he was hurt or what how that affected the game is you know the ref's not going to take that into consideration whether he was hurt or not that's not that's you know it's, it's, it's a penalty it's,
2: you, you thought it was a
1: penalty oh yeah Wait, never mind you said it I, was a I penalty think so. my, okay yeah yeah my, my thing <laughs> is my thing <laughs> is
2: basically you. like the, the commentators they can't if you argue that because a player basically looked for contact it's not a foul like that's written in the laws of the game it, If I do a body feint and then I get hit because I tricked the defender, that's the point of the body feint. That's the part of the reward of trying to do a skill move or shielding the ball is that you're putting yourself in a position where the defender is going to lunge at the ball. If you shield it and he hits you, then you did the right thing. You protected the ball for one. You you would have kept possession if he didn't lunge it. And if he did, you're taught that you're going to get the foul call period. Like, it's the a reason for Vars to is to make sure that we prove errors wrong and both the ref on the pitch and the ref at var got a mistake that simple as that because lascelles hit tammy before he hit the ball period you hit the I, I, player before you hit the ball and it's not body like shoulder to shoulder that is a foul it's that the rule that.
1: like that's that's like the word like the rule of the law like it, uh, it's Something the along first those lines. I'm
2: paraphrasing, that... but but just, yeah, you yeah. have some, to get some, contact if, first.
0: If, if yeah, if if
2: the if, ball if... the ball needs to be touched first. If you take out exactly. a dude's Achilles in the process afterwards, that's not your fault. It you okay, the ball, right, right. It's not a foul. Like, like the guy can and pardon me for being crude, but the guy can tear his ACL after you made a clean tackle, and it's still a clean tackle because you got ball first. What happens yeah. after you touching the ball matters nothing to the tackle.
0: Yeah. In this case,
2: cells touched Tammy first. And Tammy did the right thing by putting his body in the way. That's what you're supposed to do. You Mm -hmm. have possession. You're going to protect possession. That is not illegal, and that should not be the reason you don't call a foul. The reason they didn't call it a foul is because it was the 10th minute in a game that was never going to go Newcastle's way, and if they gave us a penalty, the game would have been over after
0: the 10th minute. What are you going to do? Not shield the ball in the box? Are you just gonna let the defender just like slide and take it away?
1: Dude, two oh, matches so in close. a row where the, the the commentators have just made such ridiculously stupid like comments regarding uh, a rule, uh, like the decision of a ruling, and both times they were wrong. It's their
0: interpretation
1: of it. It's, it's so not, it's weird. Not like, it's their
0: interpretation
1: of it. And the thing is,
0: I think I think this is just overshadowing just the bigger issue that we keep mentioning. It's these referees are. In no way, shape, or form, capable of controlling a match, whether it's the center referee or the guy sitting behind the VAR monitor.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It seems to me that the only people that can get it right are the linesmen, and that's because they're being told not to raise their flags
1: now. All right, <laughs> like, it's that was crazy. That was, some, that was some good venting. I felt good after that. Um, let, let's let's talk a little bit about Timo. I mean, because I mean, first of all. That, that missed foul was not the only foul that these refs missed. Um, because, I mean, Timo got knocked down, slapped, like, multiple times throughout the match and didn't get a single call. They made him bleed his own blood. <laughs> no. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. And, you know, I think that might have pissed off uh, Timo <laughs> a little bit. Because he, he fucking exploded after that. Uh, starting off with the assist... Uh, you know, an individual run down the left, uh, really threatening cross that eventually found, uh, Giroux slots in the easy chance. That was beautiful. Um, and then, you know, after a few tries, finally gets his own goal and scores after 100 days, 1000 in game minutes, 14 matches and 31 attempts without a goal. Finally, he's back on the score sheet. Uh, and it looked and it got reviewed. It was close. Like, did it cross the line? Was he off sides? Like there's so many things that could have gone wrong and you can just see the smile on his face after it was reviewed. And the best part, the best part is he smiles and he runs down the pitch and immediately gets slapped in the face. Again, he got elbowed in the face. No call. Yeah. Again, like it it was literally in the same shot, the same camera shot, got him smiling, happy about the call kickoff he runs around he runs down the field and gets elbowed in the face it was pretty funny you know in in college
0: i i worked at the ymca and i'd go to like these different like elementary schools and teach these pe classes And, and and that shot reminded me of like the wave of emotions that these kids can go through within a span of like five seconds where a kid could be so happy he just scored a goal or a basket and then all of a sudden a ball comes out of nowhere, boom, smacks him in the face. Now it's like the worst day ever. And yeah, I just felt like
1: crying and that
0: just that just totally reminded me of it because now he has his hands in his lap like, like he has his hands in or his hands over his face, his head is in his lap, like he's hunched over. It was just it just kind of fucked up his moment. But man, I mean, this was this is exactly what we needed. Um from uh, from from Timo, dude. I, it, it's 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 about time. Um, but to be fair to him, and and I know Andres, you're probably gonna mention it. The guy doesn't have to score goals to be effective in the game, and he spoke on this, um, and said that he's been happy with his performances. His Tuchel's come in like he hasn't gotten his goal, but um, he's seen the positivity and picking up penalties and assisting his teammates, um, and playing the full ninety and doing some of the defensive work even. Um, so he's kind of taking everything in stride and it, it tells you a lot about his personality. I, I everybody that's saying he's, he's Maratha and 2.0 and you know, he's, he's on that level. It's, it, it's completely false. Um, I think the guy's a step above uh, the rest. And I mean that mentally, he just, he, he's, he, he has the ability to see the game in another perspective through a lens that's not necessarily one that a striker looks through. A striker only looks at his goals that he scores, and Timo's kind of seeing the full picture. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he, he got his goal against Newcastle, which is great. He got an assist too. And Sam, did you ask Black Emoji's question? I forgot. No, I didn't. You want to read it? Yeah, I'll read it. Sorry. I just <laughs> kind of spoiled it. But Black Emoji <laughs> asks, um, when does Timo score next? And I I I only ask because I was gonna say I I think he does score against Southampton. I don't think there's any way he doesn't um, in the form he's in. So, you know, unless the form uh, they are in. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, unless unless Lascelles doesn't come flying out of nowhere, you know, all the way from Newcastle, you know, to the (laughs) south coast to slide tackle Timo. um, He he should score, and he and and, you know,
2: he he, he had two goals and an assist last time we played Southampton.
0: He did, Timo.
2: Yeah, two goals and an assist to Kai Havertz.
0: Wow. Well, I guess so Vestergaard gosh, is not the greatest uh, matchup for Timo, is it?
2: <laughs> I mean, it, he chipped the ball over him and a keeper last time, so I don't know. Why not? He burned
1: him. He scored as nice as that. Game, yeah. Didn't we I tie that, that match?
2: Yeah, Three-three. we gave up a last minute pre good goal. three to three Uh, that's beside the point that was was, uh back when our defense wasn't figured out mendy wasn't here yet uh yeah that was a different chelsea but yeah Timo looked great man i mean he's got 10 goal contributions in the premier league so say what you want i still think that's pretty damn good especially when he played out of position most of the, the fall uh yeah, let's 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 time. He he's got the smile. He's been playing well already. He's got the goal now. I think he can score this weekend too. I think there's no way he doesn't start. Whether it's at the left ten or as a striker, we won't we don't know. It honestly, wouldn't be shocked if we do deploy him as a striker because yeah. I don't know if Giroud, who had to play basically a full match, will have quote unquote the legs for it. You get Polisic or Ziesch involved also, which we would love to see. And, and yeah, feed the beast. Let the guy try to get some more under his belt. Um, I still think Jorginho would be the penalty taker, even though Timo just scored. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if he scores again in the next seven days, whether it's here or whether somehow it's against Atletico Madrid. <laughs> the, guy, the guy's the guy been playing well, somehow. and and the guy's streaky. And that's something that people need to understand. He's never been... Like he gets a volume of chances, and they come in waves. And he had 100 days of, of no Premier League goals. Well, maybe we're going to get 100 days of a lot of Premier League goals. Ooh, uh, like uh, maybe I'm math. being overly optimistic, but that's just how it feels. Like He's been trending up. Like he, The stock on Timo Werner continues to increase, and the goal only makes it jump again. So I expect big mm-hmm. things for him in the next month.
1: Timo to up the again. moon his his shit
0: all the shit that he's been getting um is definitely taken out of context too guys because it's not like he was the only person not scoring for us i think him
2: i'm to the moon what what'd you say tmo like gme
1: tmo stonks to the moon dude
2: (laughs) he just stole my
1: joke and said it like 10 seconds later (laughs) nice (laughs) no but But, let me give my answer real quick my yeah, answer hopefully. of when Timo scores next, uh, is I think it's it. Why does it matter? It doesn't matter, to my opinion. Like, you know, if like you guys have both been saying, he doesn't need a score to contribute. As long as he's playing well, I don't care when the next. I, I don't care if it's another hundred days. I, I I I'd like it for not to be that long again. But if he can continue playing the way he has the past couple matches, uh, and you know the way he's just, I mean, just because that one assist, like the way he slowed down and just sped up again, uh, and the, the quality of the ball, uh, it was, it was stuff that I didn't think he had in him. Uh, like those stuff that I thought that, you know, we saw him playing out wide, uh, as a winger, as opposed to where he's playing now, which is a little bit more narrow. Um, you know, we get to see a lot more of that and it's, uh, it's really exciting, but, um, let's talk a little bit more about uh the rest of the match wait before i move on actually timo had another chance uh that oh yeah a beautiful build up uh well no the build up between uh kova and then there was a one-two pass between kova and uh uh and drew and then kova passed it through the middle and uh and uh well, there was that cross earlier. I just, I'm remembering what you're talking about, but it was the v- other volley that uh that he that Timo hit, and it just went over the over the bar. You know, you know what I'm talking about. The one too with with Kovacic and Giroud. Yeah, I think okay. I do know which one you're talking about. That was that one was like it should have gone in. I think that you know the one that you're talking about the cross. Like T- Timo should have put that away. That was just not the best. Uh, the best technique, but the other one that he missed, that was like he did everything right, and it was just unlucky that it didn't dip uh, quick enough. Like, I, I swear, he that barely, one should have gone in. He barely scored this goal. Yeah, that's to what I'm be saying. They, they tried to take it away from him, but no. Um, okay, let, let's talk about Cho uh, real quick. Another amazing performance. He's really just t- completely seized control of that right wing back spot. Um, And it's been phenomenal. But for some reason, the guy's allergic to shooting. uh, And instead of taking a shot on his left foot, he opts to uh, pass the ball to a guy in Kovacic who (laughs) hasn't scored a goal for us in, what, a year and a half, it feels like? (laughs) But, I mean, for some reason, Kovacic only shoots it when, you know, it's crowded outside, when the the box is crowded and he's standing outside the box. Like, uh, those are the two things that. It just it it I don't know what's going on with that. I mean, exactly what do you, what explanation do you have for Cho's uh, reluctance to shoot the ball and said opting it to to pass it to to Kova to only Kovačić. Yeah, it seems he like wouldn't it. pass
0: it to anyone else but Kovačić, and that was the most frustrating thing ever because Kovačić is actually getting himself into really good positions. Like, Sam, I disagree. <laughs> he, he the positions he's getting himself into. If we got guy like Mason Mount or even uh, Ross Barkley, they probably hit the back of the net. Don't tease uh, me like that, Zach. Come no, on. No, 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 no. <laughs> I think I, I think it's a void actually that we kind of have in the squad right now. Um, something I mentioned earlier is like when we got rid of RLC and Ross Barkley, we kind of got rid of our like any sort of goal-scoring midfielders um, outside of Mason Mount. Um, And now Mason Mount's playing up top. So we really don't have anybody in the midfield that could score. And when you think about it, if we had someone in those positions like a Lampard type player who's more accustomed and used to taking shots from that kind of distance, um, then Cho would probably have three or four assists under Tuchel already. He should have had two in this match. Um, but, But I think when it comes to Cho specifically, I don't think he's trying to necessarily set Kovacic up. As much as he's trying to keep the ball moving and to keep possession, because that's something that Tuchel always harps on, is that we get stagnant a lot, um, you know, and 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 oftentimes we miss the out ball, um, and we hold on to it too long. So when Kovacic gets himself into those positions, he's often pushed out wide somewhere, you know, on the outside of the 18 on the edge. Um, he faces up with a defender. Somebody else usually comes over. Um, and then once he sees the second guy come over, he lays it off to Kovacic. Now it's up to Kovacic to decide what he does with it. Like I get it, he's laying his teammate off, but in but the reality, Psalm, is that Cho's actually making the right decision there. Um, so so I'm I'm not necessarily mad at him for not shooting. I'm more frustrated that Kovacic can't fucking shoot, which is just the most bewildering thing to me considering how technically
1: gifted he is like
0: he's brilliant technically and it's just like
1: when you compare what Cho is doing to what Marcus Alonso is doing on the other side plus when Reese James comes in like those guys go for goal every opportunity they got you know they're not laying it off so yeah they know like I, I I'd like to see more of that out of Cho yeah, but are, I think
0: teams are also starting to figure chill
1: out. Zero shots though.
2: in 90
1: minutes, guys. Yeah. It's zero. Yeah. yeah. Zero I'm, I'm shots. with you, Andreas, for sure.
2: That's, that's, un- that's not okay.
1: And Reese James in, in his like 20 minutes had like two much. or three. <laughs> mm-hmm. Andreas, yeah. <laughs> so here, go on. It, go go on to what you were saying.
2: Like, there was multiple chances where he was like, maybe the angle's not the greatest, but he's basically inside the six yard box by like the corner of it. And he still side it across the box. It's like, dude, there's nobody around you in a blue jersey. Shoot it. Put your laces through it. Worst thing that happens, you get a corner kick. Like, that's the part I just didn't understand. Like, you're a kid that in the academy in one season, you recorded like 25 goals and 24 assists. Like, shoot. Good things happen when you shoot the ball. Like, he,
0: we uh, – I think he's reluctant I just to, don't get to it. pull it with his left. I was about
2: to but say why, that. Do you think not, he lacks saying, faith in that. Even, but but he, he, in those crosses that he put with his right foot when he was almost to the byline, just shoot it far post. Worst case scenario, the keeper makes a save and slaps it. Where? Straight into the middle of the box. Like, you when you're that close, and you get a corner. That, that keeper, right. Like, the keeper is not going to catch a ball if you blast it from that distance. Just put it on frame. That's Which all he I'm asking can. at that
0: point. Which he can. He has scored guys-
2: those before. Like we've seen him pull the trigger with those weird angles, even on his left foot, and score them. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. He's being – he's getting into the dangerous space. Yes, you try the cross here and there. After you see that the defenders are expecting cross, pull the freaking trigger.
0: Well, well, I think the argument with Cho now is the same argument that we had for Timo this time last week, where he's doing everything right but the goal. And I think it, with 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 Cho, it's he's doing everything right but shooting the damn ball. If he can do that, yeah. oh my God! All of a like sudden, at, at, at least Timo tried. He went for tar- He went for goal. Like he wasn't making. it. <laughs> no, look, but... look. I, I I think we're being I, I think we're being harsh because we are sounding negative on Cho. And and the fact of the matter is yeah. he's been our best player under Tuchel so far. It, so, it's just it's just off. like
1: it's just this is i mean if anything we're not criticizing him we're we're saying how good he is and it, you know we, we want to see yeah we want to see him take these chances because we know we, he has it in him. you know like yeah i started off talking about cho saying that he played a phenomenal match um but it that you know if he if he is more eager to take that kind of shot it's going to elevate his his game to the next level
0: I want to say one more thing really quick. Mm-hmm. Remember, You guys remember when Cho came uh, – became like a starter or actually started getting regular playing time under Sari? Mm-hmm. Is it me or was he way more direct? That's my point. Yeah. It
2: feels like he's not trying – like Cho was trying to create for himself then. Now it feels like he's trying to create for everyone but himself. The guy had four crosses. Only one of them was accurate. The other three are probably those that I'm thinking of, where he could have taken the shot. It's okay to shoot.
1: It's okay. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It's it's as if I'm my sure, criticism sure of it's as if my criticism of him from last season or the year before has just completely reversed. Because before it was like, I was like, all right, just stop crossing the ball. Like you, every time you do, it's a wasted attempt. To just go for goal. And now it's like his his crossing has just improved so phenomenally from when he was a year ago um that <laughs> you know I, i'm just like come on shoot the ball now i i know i know you got that in you but <laughs> just go for it i the don't know i think thing. i i think he has to
0: find that balance as a wing back because y- you're going to get one dimensional um and and teams start to figure figure you out and as the game was going on you got the sense that newcastle caught on you know if if we force this kid to his left he's going to lay it off he's
1: not going to cause me any problems yeah. if if i show him the inside T- yeah, um, tell that to Marcus Alonso how how to play wing back. Don't don't go don't be too direct. <laughs> go for crosses. Well, process. I guess Mar-
0: well you know what though to be to be fair to Marcus Alonso he's the perfect definition of somebody like you said Sam that that does mix it up. I mean he he finds himself in the box more often than not. That's just the type of player he is. He gets on the end of things, but he he does play the cross when it's appropriate and he does you know uh, shoot the ball when it's appropriate. His crosses but, aren't good though.
1: Shows well, are crossing good has he's been amazing. Pro-
0: well, yeah, because Marcus Alonso can't get a separation from a tortoise if he tried. But sure.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Facts.
2: Any and, other, and, and one last thing uh, on Cho. Uh, I, yeah. I just want to say, like, we're not – it's not a criticism in his performance. I just feel like in the second half, a lot was happening down that right side, and mm-hmm. we just didn't score. It, I, I got into a conversation with one of the members of Austin Blues, and he's just asking, like, how come we're the only team that has yet to explode and have a 5-0, 6-0 – Lord forgive, seven or nine nil like some of these big clubs. And it's like, man, I get we were struggling to create under Lampard for a while, but like we're not struggling anymore. Like, we're winning two nil. What is, why be afraid of pulling the trigger? Like Cho, it was afraid of shooting. Kovacic, we agree, he should probably not shoot unless he's like five meters away. and And then you have Mount, like, rushing a left-footed shot, which was a great chance, but it was rushed. It's just we tried so hard. I, I Let me rephrase that. We make simpler things so hard sometimes. We are more than capable to put five goals past this Newcastle side. The chances were there. We were even capable of doing that to Tottenham a few weeks back. It's just that these players are just now thinking, oh, well, I don't want to be the guy that messes up, maybe. And then you decide not to shoot. Or with Mount, you're thinking, oh, I don't have time, but in reality, you probably did have time to relax and just slot it to the far post instead of trying to put all the power behind your weaker foot. It's just I, I'm mm. not understanding, and, and we could just be dominating these people. Like everyone's complaint is like, "Oh, Tuchel cool, only played this team's only played 45 minutes," and I think that players just get too in their head when we're comfortable. It's like it's okay that we're comfortable, and it's okay to try things. <laughs> we're up two nil. That's that's that happens sometimes. We can score more we can just relax
1: Uh, i'm not sure uh, how much of it is them trying to like like them restricting their play out of fear of you know being the guy who messes up a build-up or a play like that like i mean maybe that's in the back of their heads but you know that that, new
2: manager you never know well i don't know but
1: but to be yeah honestly
0: watch man city look how many times De Bruyne or Bernardo or Sterling are the guys that messes up a buildup it happens to the best players in the world like it, 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 it's it's sort of like a mental block I think being that guy that messes up a really nice buildup or run of play because I think there's a little bit of that with Cho and that's what I was saying and like okay in Cho's head he's thinking okay I could try to beat this guy 1v1 but I know there's another defender there waiting for me right after him or I could cut it into my left and just keep the ball moving and keep possession.
1: I, I think, I think Andreas and made I, a great point. Like, cause those guys you just listed Zach, those guys uh, already have their spots solidified in the starting 11. But now that we have a yeah. new manager, um, you know, every spot I, I feel like is up for grabs in a sense. Um, so, you know, a player doesn't want to, you know, they're in favor right now. Cho starting every match. Uh, he's, he, he's in, he's in a uh, good favor right now and doesn't want to lose that by messing up. So, Maybe maybe now that I think about it a little bit more, you might be a, you might have a point there, Andreas. You might have a point there. Um is there any other any other players you guys wanted to mention? I mean, just quickly, uh Angolo Conte and Reese James, uh well came on uh after the seventieth minute to put the match away. Um we switched to like a five three two formation, uh, you know, just a possession based kind of formation, last twenty minutes of the match, uh but is there anything else you guys wanted to add uh before we go into twitter questions and the southampton preview can you guys hear that in the background there's a cricket
0: that? right I, outside I, my window
1: i just i i <laughs> didn't hear it until you said something and then i heard it right then hey, and there <laughs> I didn't there's a cricket it. right outside could, my window and i don't yeah. know where
0: it is so i'm gonna mute myself now uh whenever <laughs> i'm not talking but uh, dude, i can um, no, like I I... only
1: hear it when you do talk though that's the thing it's it's
0: weird <laughs> that's so annoying okay so, so so i i just want to talk about n'golo kante really quick i think it looked a lot better um and and
1: you could really hear it huh i'm just kidding i yeah, when on. you talk yeah yeah maybe you should just stop talking the rest of the episode <laughs> i mean i could do that i'm just kidding uh, <laughs> no go, but finish um, your
0: point no, but, but but just to finish up my point, yeah, I mean, I, I think with N'Golo, what I noticed was that when Tuchel went out on the pitch after the match, he was actually going for N'Golo. That that was the person he was looking at right when the final whistle blew, and he kind of went up to him and gave him a pat on the head and a big hug. He gives bear hugs, which I really love. Um, but, but he was kind of like pepping him up. I don't know if that was him trying to get a smile out of him or – trying to like hype him up on on you know letting him know I hey I like what I saw but um it it's good to see that that Tuchel's going out of his way to to still make sure that he's maintaining relationships with the guys that aren't getting minutes that probably should be
1: what about you Andreas? any final points before we move on uh no shout out to Zach's cricket um Jiminy Cricket. Uh, so let's go to the first Twitter questions. We got we got another one from at Black Emoji. He asks, how invested should we really be in what Tuchel is doing when it feels like he's just the, the guy put in place to elevate the team where it needs to be for the next guy to turn them into champions? See, This is something that we've talked about like when we first got Tuchel, whether it would be an appointment for just the rest of the season and, or if he outperforms and just everything looks amazing and we love him, is he going to stay a long-term? Maybe sign an extension because it's an 18-month contract, if I'm not mistaken. So, rest of this Correct. season plus next year. Um. So, you know, I think what I said then, and I still hold to be true, is that if you have a guy that you know for a fact you want to be your next manager, and he's available to get, um, then I think you have to let go of Tuchel, no matter what he does, because if you think there's a guy out there who you, who is going to be the next, you know, is the perfect match for our team, um, and you can kind of guess of who I uh, might be alluding to a little bit, but um, you can, you have to move on from Tuchel, because there might not be another opportunity to, to sign this guy, and, you know, with we had we kind of made that same mistake with frank in that he had a really good year and you know we were sold into the fact that he would be our long-term solution and then things kind of fell apart this year so i'm afraid of being in that situation again when you know Tuchel's obviously all time has a very you know solid resume but you know it's ended poorly in his last uh, two jobs so um you know i'm i'm, I'm I, it, it's it's I'm still I still love him th- for this season, but if there's another option out there that is an improvement, I think the club uh, will uh, and should move on from Tuchel. Even if he, you know, even if he wins Champions League, I, I don't know if he wins Champions League, maybe that's a different story. Ooh, whoa, whoa. that might be, I mean, <laughs> they, that, that, that didn't song. give didn't give Dimateo De- any favors. Uh, he didn't last I, after I, that. So
2: well, DiMatteo was also. <laughs> Yeah, he's a special case. Uh, I I mean, I think it's maybe too soon to make this call. I think everything we read so far is that Tuchel has to make Champions League to then earn next season. So basically he has to make Champions League both seasons of those 18 months for him to get an extension. Uh, I know Leipzig lost today 2-0. Sam, I know you're definitely alluding to Julian Nagelsmann as the next manager. Oh, was I? <laughs> yeah. uh i mean technically i get ratio sorrys available <laughs> no no not laughing okay, at that i'm not laughing at that
1: okay one. that's that dog. was not funny Andres. Joking. we have was we have obviously good joking we have we have PTSD i want to put it on record that, so. I,
0: i've been on mute but i'm not laughing at that
1: one. <laughs> oh <laughs> <my> god. <All laughs> right, the cricket fine, sounds it, like he's laughing joke. though the cricket sounds like he's <laughs> laughing so you're good andreas <laughs>
0: This cricket's Thank about you, to cricket. get the bottom of my shoe once we're done recording, man. I'm going I'm to look for this thing.
1: It's
0: so annoying. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Andreas, I, think,
2: I think if too cool. I mean, we have yet to play Atletico. I think that's going to be one of the first real, real tests for this team. We're in the top four. We have yet to lose and concede to an opponent. Things are looking good, and yes, there is such a thing as new manager bounce back. So it's one of those things where I want to see this team have to kind of come up against someone that's trying to beat us because I don't think Tottenham was ever trying to beat us per se. I think they were just trying to save their own neck and get a a one point out of a draw. Mm -hmm. So I think these next two weeks are really going to show what Tuchel can do with this team. We're going to face Atletico and Man United back-to-back, for example, next week. So I think that's going to be huge. I think if we comfortably get to top four – Mind you, we were in ninth or 10th whenever he took over. It's tough to see him get the axe if he's built rapport with the squad and, and maybe rejuvenated some players. Maybe not only the fact that he fixes Timo and Kai, but the fact that he also makes players like Kovacic, Jorginho, Alonso usable. I still think this summer is going to be a tough summer to sell players. Covid is still very much present. For for crying out loud, we still don't have fans consistently in the stands across Europe. So it's just one of those things where I don't think many teams are out there to be economically frugal. I think am I using that correctly? Sorry, I'm trying to expand no. my English vocab. No, they, they will be
1: frugal. They will be sorry.
2: Frugal. <laughs> they are being frugal. I couldn't tell which one of the two it was. That's my bad. But the point is, I don't know if people are going to be spending even if we're dropping these fringe players' price to 25 million. maybe the across the board we're gonna see a different strategy from from clubs to to how they scout their next signing. So I mean it's one of those things where it's tough. I mean, Tuko is not a manager that's he's not like a big Sam or a Tony Pulis that you bring for six months and just your job was to keep us from relegation now we're gonna go get our guy. It, it, he's not that type of manager. And if he does well, and things are going well for Chelsea, and then he gets to actually have a off season, get some of the signings he wants in, it's it's tough to see them not riding out the eighteen months, because that's the beauty of the eighteen months. If we mess up next year, there's no need to extend him. And if he does his goal of the six months, it's it's tough to not just let him ride it out. That's my issue, and I get it. Nonglesman might be there, but. I, I don't see Bayern firing Hansi Flick after he's Definitely won the, the sixth double. Definitely and that's o- that's like one of the few places I can see him going next. I don't see a club like Madrid getting Nagelsmann. That, that's not the type of signing. They need a Galactico manager, and and Nagelsmann is kind of like a the cool new flavor of the month. So I just don't, don't – those just don't align. So I don't think we're missing out on that window if we ride out Tuchel for 18 months, but that's I still fair. think it's yeah. too
1: soon. No, that's fair. You're right. What, what do you think, Zach and Mr. Cricket? I, uh, I, I, ca- <laughs> every time <laughs> you weird, beat huh? yourself, it gets me every time. I'm sorry. It's God. so annoying. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, no, I agree with
0: Andres on the point of Tuchel. Like, I think, I, I, I think if the guy makes top four, it's, it's harsh if you fire him. Um or, or bring in someone else. And 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 to the same point, you know, I, I'm in the same boat. I don't think it's gonna be easy to, to, to buy or sell players again. Um, you know, there's a lot of teams that are still suffering. Like he said, the fans are still not even in the stands. That that should tell you something. Um, but the fact that this guy just, you know, got this group of players to perform immediately, he's improved. Some of the players that we were concerned about, like Cho, uh, like Timo Werner, um, guys who we started to question uh, their ability a little bit, they all of a sudden they come back into the side and they look amazing. Um, I I think the work he's done so far kind of puts him in a good position uh, moving forward. Now, uh, the end game is obviously top four. um, and, 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 And I think it's also important to note how he does in the FA Cup. I'm not really hinging too much on a champions league with him because he doesn't even know what his best 11 is yet. Um, And he's about to go into a round of 16. So I I think that I think putting pressure on him to, to do well in that is, uh, I think you got to manage your expectations a bit, but with the FA cup, that's something that he could target and really go for hard um, and and put out good teams uh, whenever he needs to. So if he does well in the FA Cup and he gets top four, man, no way we sack him, and, and no way I want him sacked. I mean, just based on what we've seen so far, the way he talks to the media, the way he talks about his players and his ideas, we know what they are. He clearly communicates them to us, and and, and every single question that gets asked, he answers them in full detail. There's no question marks with the guy so far, um, and, 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 and I'm definitely, you know, taking all that with a grain of salt because we always know how this merry-go-round turns out but as of right now i just don't see any way that we don't keep him beyond the summer we lock up top four and we make a run at the fa cup
1: all right let's go on to our next question this one's from at chelsea eric and he asks do you trust jorginho kova in midfield against a good team no Ooh, yeah andreas go ahead no no No, we,
2: we, (laughs) we couldn't even trust Jorginho in a midfield three under, sorry to bring this forsaken name again, under sorry against good teams.
1: Sorry. You brought it up three times because you said, sorry about saying, sorry. So so (laughs) my point is
2: Jorginho is a liability against teams that are looking to beat us because they're going to press him high. They'll mark man, mark him out of the game, et cetera, et cetera. No, I, I don't trust it. They can prove me wrong again. I was worried about this double pivot game two of Tuchel's reign and we're still undefeated. Mm -hmm. So, I'm going to be cautiously nervous if I see that as a double pivot against a good team. Uh, Unless Thiago Silva is in that back three, I'm going to be extremely nervous. That's just my take
1: on it. Because all Jorginho has done under Tuchel is prove me wrong. Every single match, he's proved me wrong. Uh, What do you think, Zach? Um, against <laughs> Mr. At- Cricket,
0: <laughs> with the crickets, huge
2: Jorginho um, fan, Mr. Cricket. Yeah, yeah. He,
0: he loves Jorginho. Um, no, I, I don't think I can trust them against a good team. There's no way. Um, and and, and to be honest, with what we've seen and how he's deployed a midfield three, uh, when bringing Conte in, I think that's probably the route we're gonna wind up going with against Atletico. You look at. He needs to get a result in that match. Um, did they did they announce if it was a one-off? No, it's Because it's of too, the travel, too. So, so it is going to be yeah, yeah. two. We're going to yeah.
2: be in a neutral site for their home game, and then they come to Stanford Bridge.
0: Yeah, so, so, I mean, either way, you know, I said it earlier, he doesn't know what his best 11 is, and you look at his Champions League resume, what he's done so far, he's hit teams on the counter. Look last year with PSG. Um, so I think we're going to see that. Um, Possibly, I, I think we might see a three-man midfield, and then, you know, any combination of Timo and, and and someone else speedy up top. Probably like a guy like, uh, it would have been Tammy if he was healthy. But I when, don't when see you say a three-man man midfield,
2: him. when you when you say a three-man midfield, you mean like Kovacic, Jorginho and Conte?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. With wingbacks.
2: I, see, I disagree. I think we'll see the wingbacks, and I'll see, we'll see Mason Mount just drop in more. I I don't think he he gives up that the two, the the two players off the striker. I I can't. We we don't have like that midfield three. We, if we're talking about our midfielders not scoring, like you're telling me that all of the scoring pressure will come down to two players up front. Jorginho, Kovacic, and Conte are not scoring. Yeah, of course that's that's not. a lot, a lot to, to put into a team. We, and I hate to go into this, but like he can counter with just two players when those two players are Neymar and Mbappe,
0: but. Hey, we did, we it. We did it last time we went to Atletico. We did it with Hazard and Murata. We played a front two, if I'm not mistaken. We played uh, Hazard I, off Murata that game.
2: I, I that Atletico's front two versus today's Atletico's front two is totally different. And yes, Athletic and and again Atletico's not gonna they're not gonna be possessing eighty percent and we're just gonna be absorbing the whole time. So so I don't know about sitting back against them. Like this isn't no, a low no, block no, no. Side. Not
0: sitting, not sitting back. But I think he's definitely going to err on the side of caution, especially if we're not playing at home. I mean, look. If you're in a cha- maybe, this is just how I think. Um, but I think in the Champions League, if you're playing in two legs, the main goal in the away leg, besides getting that away goal, is not losing. You just got to walk out of there and not lose, and then you're in for a shot. And, and and he doesn't know his best team, so it's not like he can go and and, and put out eleven guys and say, you know, go do your thing just like I, we have been.
2: Agree to disagree. I think he knows his best eleven: Mendy, Rudiger, Thiago, Aspi, Jorginho Kovacic, Alonso, Cho, Werner, Tammy Mount.
0: For now, this is without I How is that going to change in four days? No, it's, a- it's not-
2: Atletico is literally in like a
0: week. I don't know. I don't trust it, Andres. I don't trust it. But
2: here's my thing, and here's how I see I... it. When, when you see teams play afraid in the Champions League, they get stomped. Ask Kike Setien and the guy before him, uh, Valverde, who both had three goal leads in the first leg, played afraid in the second leg, and both got knocked out of a Champions League. With teams far superior. You you can't go into the Champions Ask Man City against Lyon last season with Pep. Who decided to change his whole scheme against the Leon side? It, it you can't play afraid in a Champions League. The Champions League matches are not Premier League, where the other team is just going to sit back and, and, and squeak a goal. You you have to know who you are as a team at that point. And I think we've developed that surprisingly quickly under Tuchel.
0: To an extent, yes, but I don't think this is this is our identity.
2: We are a pressuring team right now. I can't see this team absorbing pressure 90 minutes.
0: No, I'm not saying we're going to sit there and absorb pressure. I'm saying he's just going to add the extra midfielders to solidify things because they're going to play with two strikers. That's what a back three is for.
2: If we add an extra midfielder, we're going to lose offensive output. Like, we, we're not scoring five goals right now. No,
0: I, I'm we, agreeing with you. I think I, we do we do lose offensive output. I'm not disagreeing with you on that. I just think we're going to see a midfield three. That's just my gut feeling. And, and I think that's ultimately what Tuchel's going for in the long run, is to have some sort of combination of a midfield three where he can eventually fit in one of our more attacking midfield players like Mason Mount or Havertz in there.
2: I can't see him benching Mount or Werner against Atletico Madrid, which makes me think the formation will not change.
0: Yeah.
1: Dude, wait, I mean I, this is the first time I've I've like realized that we're playing at a neutral match next week or a neutral site. Yes. In Bucharest. Neutral site. In in Romania. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh I did not know that. I mean, unless what I'm reading I right know now is more there has to be more Chelsea fans in Romania than Atletico fans, right? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but uh, yeah, thanks, thanks for Romania, thanks to Romania for hosting us. Uh, we'll uh, we'll take care of the place. Um, so uh, let's let's jump into the Southampton preview. Uh, I, I mentioned this earlier, but they're in terrible form after you know a couple last month. They were really strong challengers for finishing top four and just out of nowhere they've lost their past six league matches in a row and uh i mean that includes another nine nil uh loss but this time to united um so obviously the two players that we should keep an eye out for danny ings che adams uh and last last time out we uh it was a three three draw. I don't we, we mentioned that during the episode, right? Or was that before the episode? But um anyway. But Andreas I'll start off with you. What do you think we're gonna see uh in this match with the uh keeping in mind that we have, you know, a, a pretty big Champions League matchup just a few days after.
2: I think we'll for sure see Chilwell start. I think perhaps a Zuma appearance instead of Rudiger. I think Christiansen still has to be the middle 3. I don't I don't see that changing here, especially uh, actually I take it back. Maybe we will see Thiago Silva get a run out and then he'll just be one of the early subs because my understanding is that he's getting rested. He was getting rested in the FA Cup and then for whatever reason he just wasn't included Monday uh, uh yeah, Monday So, maybe a Thiago Silva appearance, not a long one. Uh, Then I fully expect to see uh, the same double pivot of Jorginho and Kovacic. And we talked about it beforehand. I don't know if Giroud is the right guy to start in this match. But I also don't want to see Timo play a full 90 minutes. So... One of Polizic and Ziesch will start in that front three, but the people getting subbed out for me will include um, Timo, Tiago Silva, and potentially Mason Mount. So I just think those three players won't play a full 90.
1: What about you, Zach? What do you think about our starting line? If Tiago we'll is if healthy to play against Southampton,
0: he sh- his ass should be on the bench, not in the game. <laughs> he should be resting for Atletico, just in case. I don't want I don't want to rush him back. I don't I don't even want to rush him back so he could play 60 minutes. He doesn't need he doesn't need the time to regain his match fitness. He doesn't need any of that. He's had a 20 year career to do it. So, um, yeah, that's my take on the Thiago thing. I hope we don't see him. Um, but with that being said, if we don't see him. We're probably going to see a little bit more of Christensen. Um, and I think we might experiment a little bit um, and see some Kurt Zuma uh, replace one of Azpi or Rudiger uh, on one of the outsides. I think one of those guys needs a rest um, more than uh, Christensen does. He's still, he's still relatively fresh. Um, but yeah, in, in terms of the front three... I'd like to see Timo start at the nine, uh, just because Giroud's not the right player for this match. I don't think. Um, and, and, and in a perfect world, we'd probably have Pulisic uh, and Zieš starting uh, with Mason Mount getting a little rest because he's been playing a lot. Um, but you know, then again, Mason Mount was subbed out against Newcastle, so it is a possibility that uh, you know that he's saving him for this match. Um, but for sure, I think Timo's the one that needs to be rested um, pretty early on. And then, um, you know, one of Jorginho or Kovacic, if not both of them, uh, if we can, uh, that'll be great. But I don't know, man. It, this Southampton team is is just the perfect combination for a typical Chelsea fuck-up, isn't it? lost their last six in a row. One of them was a nine-nil. Players suspended, slash injured, all over the place, kind of in a semi-identity crisis. Those are usually the teams that hurt us.
1: But it's also <laughs> like, as equally set up for us to absolutely blow them out. You know what is. I mean? Like I, I think it's it's equally set up in both ways. But yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not worried to be completely honest. Like my prediction, I think we're gonna finally get going it, it's the match that Andreas has been asking for the nice 5-0 beat down and uh, Ralph Hasenhutl gets sacked after the match <laughs> no, I'm just kidding but <laughs> I, have a, I, have
0: a, I have a stat for you we're actually oh. uh, unbeaten in our last 7 matches away at St. Mary's uh, in the league and the last you time we lost did, did you guys hear that no, the cricket okay, was good. too loud. <laughs> well, in that in in March of 2013, that was the last time they beat us, and believe it or not, James Ward-Prowse was still in their starting lineup. Mauricio Pochettino was their manager, and wow. we had the German Messi, A.K.A. Marco Marin, in our starting eleven that day. Nice. That might be one of the reasons why we lost. Just to th- just uh just a guess.
1: It, it also to add, Tuchel has some uh, experience managing against Hasenhudel when he was at uh, when they were both in the Bundesliga. So oh, their head to head, their head to head matchups, Tuchel uh, three wins, Hasenhutl, one. So uh, he's got his number on him on that. So um, I'm not. I like Hasenhudel though. So I hope
0: we don't like. I hope it's not a nine nil another one of those what's a respectful score to just to beat somebody significantly four. by but not yeah, shit on four or yeah,
1: five yeah. No, five is, is maybe too much three That's three, three could four. still
0: be competitive like like three could just be a two nil disguised with a like a 90 something minute trash cool so i think yeah i think four is a good number i'm gonna i'm gonna say i'm gonna say four nil chelsea i think we keep it going guys i feel
1: really really good let's go andreas what do you think
2: I'm gonna say just two, so they can then tell me, prove me wrong, and score more because I've been asking for more, and then we don't get there. So I'm gonna undersell them and say two nil.
1: Sweet, Um, I'm with you, Zach. Four nil. Doubling down. Four nil. Let's do it. I I, I
0: think I think it is gonna be four nil. I really do. Or maybe scores again for me. Yeah, hundred percent. That that goes without saying. Um, should we bring Marco Marin back for this one though? Speaking of, I'm good. I'm good on that. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. But anyways, I mean, that kind of brings us to the end of this episode guys. Um, so if you're listening still, uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter at Romans empire pod. Uh, we're also available, uh, via email. We've gotten some of our, uh, fan interactions via email, which has been great. Romans empire pod at gmail.com. And until next pod, hopefully three more points in the bag, keep the blue flag flying high.